0: You're listening to The Midday Grind with Martin Kilcoyne and Charlie Marlowe on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com
1: You gotta love the Irish jig music. Is this technically an Irish jig? This is a jig, sure.
2: I'm sure you could make that a jig.
1: I'll tell you what, what an atmosphere. Right down here, Maggie O'Brien's, Market Street, St. Paddy's Day weekend, people already in the mood and festive, wearing green, eating the corned beef and cabbage at Maggie O'Brien's, drinking the green beer. And I have to say, we always go to different spots and go, oh, this is so good, this is so good. The pizza we just had, and we're basically eating during the show now, pepperoni, Bacon and sausage is really, really good here at Maggie O'Brien's. So much going on all weekend long for St. Patty's Day. We'll tell you more about that in a second. But first, we want to go out to the phone lines and talk with Earl Austin Jr., who got to be on the call for a big time Billiken comeback win last night at Barclay Center in Brooklyn as the Bills move on, beating Richmond 71 68 in their first game in the A 10 tournament. Earl, how are you doing?
3: I'm fine, Charlie. How are you? Awesome. Oh, like you guys are having a good time over there.
1: I'll tell you what, they're already two days before St. Paddy's Day here at Maggie O'Brien's. They're already ready to go. Well, because I was at Fox 2 last night, I wasn't able to listen to your call. I'm watching the game on TV. What was it like courtside? Because watching the first half and then watching Travis Ford and his halftime interview where he said, give me a break, one foul shot, and then he was working the refs in the second half, what was the scene there on press row as you're calling it?
3: Yeah, it yeah, it, it was pretty accurate. (laughs) <laughs> it was a it was a tough half because like you said we 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 shot one foul shot. The one thing we were we weren't as aggressive as we were supposed to be. We weren't playing delicate basketball. We shot twelve threes. We kind of settled, and then we then we did have some. I think they only called Richmond for one foul, so everybody was in a foul mood. Me and Rammer were too as well. And then the second half we just went back to doing what we do best: just attacking the basket, attacking the. Offensive, defensive boards, and really turned up the defense with the one and uh, just got Richmond was so comfortable. Golden there, a good center, dominated the first half. He had 16 points. But we just really just, just turned up the effort. The, the, the big stat in the second half, we all rebounded Richmond 27-6. to
4: And had ended That's up true. having uh,
3: 14 of our 17 offensive rebounds. And Hassan French took over the game. Yeah, him and Tremaine. Hassan missed. Like the last seven minutes of the first half with, with a second foul. And that's when they, they got away from us, went up double digits. So it was a good victory. It was good to get the 20 wins and still be able to keep playing. That's, that's what it's all about.
1: And I'm watching the Billikens last night and all season long, really. We were talking about this in the previous segment. They have so many good guys who are athletic that can penetrate. We know Javon Best right now is not at 100%, but they have so many gritty guys that will go out there and outwill you I know they shot 31 32% yesterday from three, which isn't terrible. But, man, this team, you just watch them play, and what they need is that guy who can just sit behind the arc and, and hit from about 45%. And that's why watching that game, I feel like I was even more surprised that the Billikens were able to come back from a double-digit uh, deficit because they don't really have that three-point capability as much, but they really kind of willed themselves to victory.
3: Yeah, that's, like I said, forever. Our, our team is, we're the 2Fs. We're flawed but ferocious. <laughs> and that's what, and nobody exemplifies that more than Jordan Goodwin. He was like one of six from the free throw line, but he had seven offensive rebounds. He's the best rebound, offensive rebound guard in college basketball. And we, we just, we just, just got on the glass, and that, that's what we got to do. You know, at this stage of the game, you know, we're not gonna maybe if we, if we got hit the range that would be great. We start hitting a bunch of threes, but we just gotta get the ball on the glass. We gotta get to the free throw line and just make, get by volume, attack the rim. That's, you know, Deion Wiley's our best candidate to be that three point shooter. And, uh, you know, he's been uh, in and out of the lineup with injuries. And Javon was doing a pretty good job of that as well, but he's been playing hurt. That's, you know, when your legs are compromised, your jump shooting is compromised. And Tremaine has done a better job. Tremaine has really taken over the scoring load for us. So, uh, you know, in, in this situation, you know you're trying to win four games in four games. It's all hands on deck, and you just try to do whatever you can do to scratch out a victory, and you try to move on to the following to the next day.
1: Yeah, you almost feel sorry sometimes for Travis Ford when you go to a practice and you just see ice bags and guys wearing boots and all that, and you know that they're already thin in terms of numbers. And then you got a lot of guys who are banged up, and I'm sure we'll hear more about that after the season. So again, it's it's a tough tall order to win four games in four days they got to take down Dayton a very good team tonight in the A-10 quarterfinals what do you think the the keys to that matchup is are tonight
3: well we played our best game of the season at home against Dayton and we played with a sense of desperation because we were on a four-game losing streak and we really took it to them in the second game in Dayton we played well in the first half but they really started hitting the three-point shots and uh, that's one thing. We have to curtail their three-point shooting and keep them out of transition and make it a half-court, kind of a low-scoring game, and that gives us a chance to, you know, win the game. You know, both teams are athletic up front, good guard play, and they both really get after each other. Neither team is particularly deep as well, so it's, it's, it's going to be a great matchup. And uh, luckily the Bellicans play that late game like they did yesterday and gives them some time to, to rest up and try to get ready for this one.
1: Earl Austin Jr. joining us from Brooklyn on the call tonight for SLU and Dayton in the quarterfinals of the Atlantic 10 tournament. Of course, Earl also always on the Fox 2 Arby's prep zone on Friday nights, and he has this <coughs> great hashtag Earl Time updates where he has all the, the best prep coverage in town. So kind of uh, switching to preps, but also with a SLU twist. I, I looked at halftime. St. Mary's was up by five points on Ladue in the uh, semifinals of state there. In Springfield, Uri Collins, of course, the star point guard for St. Mary's, headed to Slough. You also have East St. Louis alive with Terrence Hargrove, Jr. And I was talking with Uri Collins the other day for a Fox 2 story, and I'm just thinking to myself, because we're watching the highlights, Uri Collins is such a great passer, vision, throwing the lobs, and then every time you watch a highlight from East St. Louis, it's Terrence Hargrove throwing down the alley-oops. You can just envision in Midtown, the next four years, a lot of alley oops from Uri Collins to T.J. Hargrove.
3: Oh yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. You bringing those two in, and they've done a great job of taking their team to the Final Four of the state tournament. One development with Uri, though, Uri evidently got hurt in the early in the second quarter against LeDoux, and he's got to return to the lineup, and they still have a five-point lead. So hopefully, he'll be okay. And I think he is. He had a collision with a Ladue player, so he's been out. For basically the whole second quarter, and hopefully he'll be back in the lineup for La, for St. Mary. But as you said, he's been tremendous all season. But his ability not even he's been scoring at a high rate, but his ability to pass the ball has been well documented. Handles the ball, he's a true old school point guard who thinks everybody you know ahead of him, get them going. Then he decides to call his own number. And just brought his game to another level. Not only did he win the final four, but they won. Eastern Lewis won the Southwestern Conference, beating Belleville West out, which is the defending state champion, and they're looking for a repeat with EJ Liddell uh, this, this evening in the semifinals.
1: And the one game we haven't mentioned yet, because you talked about St. Mary's Ladue and Belleville West taking on Chicago Curry, East Side taking on Peoria Manual, but you got CBC, Caleb Love. The superstar. We'll see where he ends up college wise. Taking on Francis Howell, kind of that prototypical team. They don't have the the quote unquote superstar. They have some really good players, but really play good overall team basketball.
3: They got excellent players at every position, and they got five. They got Sam Thompson, who's 6'9, and Matt Sharp, who's a baseball stud. He's a, but he's also a, a hell of a basketball player at 6'4, can play inside outside. Then, uh, Patrick Shopey, who's a soccer stud, he's going to Saint Louis U to be a goaltender, <laughs> goalie in soccer, uh, but he's a hell of a basketball player too. He had 22 against McClure North in the sectional, I mean, in the quarterfinals. But the guy that makes it all go is Jalen Dalton, five eight point guard, and he's been there for four years. Like you say, it's just a great unit, and then each each day it's a, it's a different guy leading the score team and scoring. For well, Cdc, they got that star and Caleb Love, who's been very good throughout the season, and the pro, even better in the postseason. But they have Josh Wallace, who's good inside, and Harry Jackson has really come on strong in the postseason, another senior. And uh, Justin Tatum has really got this team battle-tested, a great schedule, and uh, they've got the, every every win in the postseason has been by at least uh, 10 to 20 points. So uh, they're, they're clicking on all eight filaments That should be a very really good game.
1: And, Earl, because I, I got this on the text line, we were talking about shooters for for slew and a lot of people texting me about gibson jimerson do you know much about him headed to slew next year
3: yeah, he's a young man from north carolina i believe or virginia where he attends mount Verde academy in florida and he's a premier uh, three-point shooter shooting in the mid to high 40s from so 3 point hes a six-six wing player and he he had one game where he had 11 three-pointers <laughs> This season, as Bob plays a high-level, high, you know, high-level uh, type of schedule against the best in their, you know, best in the country, Kill Academy, IMG, and I think you'll see them in uh, a big national tournament coming up uh, uh, next week or in a couple of weeks, and you'll get a chance to see him play. And I think he's got a chance to really uh, make an impact because he can really knock down the long ball.
1: Earl Austin Jr., great on the preps, great on the call, of course, for the Slew Billikens. We'll be again tonight with Rammer as Slew takes on Dayton in the A-10 quarterfinals. Thanks for joining us, sir. Have a good call tonight.
3: My pleasure, Charlie. You take it easy now.
1: All right, I always do. That's Earl Austin Jr. joining us (laughs) live from Brooklyn. Always love Earl the Pearl with the pearls of wisdom. And there you go. I threw it out there. Now, Gibson Jimerson will be a freshman. I don't know if right off the bat he's going to come in and, and be that guy, but... I hope so, because he at least fits the profile of what they need. I think, though, that Travis has been very good. Even if some of these guys had to transfer and leave, there's been some off-the-court issues, but he is good in the transfer game. So nowadays, so many guys transfer, and now you're seeing guys available immediately. And that's not just grad transfers. That's guys who are leaving four-year schools and can play immediately like a Mark Smith going from Illinois to Mizzou so we'll see how Travis reloads after this season
2: yeah that's the other side of this is what does he do once the season ends with that transfer rule I mean Drew Smith at Mizzou he he didn't get the waiver but he's going to be there everybody's looking for the next Cassius Robertson I mean that's all you need you just need the guy to come in and fill that role for one year and if they find uh, a guy who's got some experience has been in the NCAA for a while He's going to be a fifth-year senior that can shoot and hit a few shots for them, bingo. They've got that plus the the kid that we just spoke of, the freshman that's coming in next year. The sky's the limit with them. It's, we're moving forward.
1: And discussing Mizzou, you're saying Jeremiah Tillman obviously coming back, Mark Smith, so they'll be juniors next year. You have Javon Pickett, you have Xavier Pinson who's shown flashes throughout the season. Torrance Watson coming on from Whitfield late, scoring twenty points. Yesterday, and then the text line, Marty Steel Toed Boots texting in, everyone assumes Jante is going pro. If not, Mizzou is loaded next year. So I want to throw that to our NBA expert because I do think that's a fascinating question. With Jante coming back, having not played for a year, if he was already borderline, let's say, first round, I, I think he probably would have been taken late first round. But if you haven't played for a year, Matt Rocchio, I mean, do you think he's for sure an NBA pick?
4: Yeah, he's definitely no an NBA pick. With his Without combination playing. of size, ball handling, and shooting, he's still an NBA 1st But a pick. first-rounder? And, and the reason why I think this, this is such an interesting question is mainly because of how this draft is being viewed by NBA teams, which is, after the top six picks, there's a noticeable drop-off to the point where, whether or not you're picking 7th or 18th, you're not going to be picking a very different player. And so that mismatch in the middle... I think this year actually helps Jonte Porter when you're talking about him being like a twenty like twenty second overall. Whereas next year if it's a really strong lottery, he could get pushed back into the late twenties. Even if he comes back has a good season, he could move back. This is a weak draft, and I think anytime you can take advantage of that when you already are being talked about in NBA circles, I think I understand that.
1: I think that's an interesting point though because Last year we were all paying attention to all the mock drafts leading up yep. before jante ends up coming back to school, and that's where I was seeing him as the 22nd pick or the 27th pick, whatever it is. And I'm, I'm not saying that would necessarily surprise me if that, that was, was still a really the case. Good dra-
4: and that was a really good draft.
1: Okay, so that's a better that's a better draft, and you're saying this year's draft is weaker, but I just think that's a tougher pick to make when you haven't seen this guy play for an entire year in, a, in, in the first round. I get it in the second round. Sometimes in the NBA now, I mean, some of these second-round guys aren't even making it to the NBA, but with your first-round pick, you're guaranteed money there, your guaranteed contract, and also later on in the draft, you're going to have the better teams. I guess you can say that they'll they'll have uh, you know not as much of a need for him to come and help early. But Rocky, you have a mock draft up right now. Yeah, yeah,
4: BasketballInsiders.com yeah. had him at 16th, of the Pistons. Wow, that's high. Um, yeah, see you got to go. If that's the case, you got to go. go. I Don't care if you haven't played again. The fa- I, I just think the that really. There's so much malleability in this draft where Great literally word. the same guy who may get take ninth this year, you could, there's probably a lot of teams who probably will not have him in, on their big board until, like, 15th. And As opposed to that, there could be a guy who goes 17th, who there's a couple guys who had him as high up as 10th on their big board. There's going to be a lot of movement after the top five or six players, and I just think that if you can show up and show these guys anything, there's a chance that you might be able to b- take a bigger jump than I think you would be able to take next year.
1: And just because you're looking on your laptop of all the mock drafts, I happen to see, of course, Zion Williamson number one. I hate to go with the obvious NBA ESPN-type story that they just talk about nonstop, but, man, when you watch the highlights of Zion Williamson yesterday coming back and going 13 for 13 from the floor and how physically dominant and athletic that dude is, man, it's fun to watch. I, I know that's all that ESPN talks about. But you watch that game, and you see the highlights, and you're like, oh, my God, this dude absolutely lives up to the billing after missing all the games with the shoe blowing out, and he comes right back and just dominates. He will
4: be the next star in the, in the NBA. Um, Bleacher Report has a mock draft here, has him 18th in the, to the Celtics. So, I mean, he really is solidly in that late teens range. It's interesting because I saw SI had one yesterday. They had him 21.
2: But you're right, Rock, when you look at all the groups – guys that are grouped there, they're all six nine, six seven, six eight. Jonte's six eleven. He's the one guy who's taller. Now he's not an inside force yet. He's an outside player still for me. No, he's gonna like, so. right. like that though. And they like that too.
4: Here's my thing about jante and, and I wonder if this if this is actually kind of helping him in the light of the injury. He's not a guy who you are banking on his athleticism to be the background of his game. So I wonder if that helps him in that it is an ACL, but I wonder if these teams are saying, listen, this isn't a guy who's going to lose a chunk of his game because he's sapped up any kind of athleticism. He's deal. not Zion. If John Morant or Zion Williamson tore their ACL, we're talking about a completely different discussion because those guys are, who are guys who win off their athleticism. And Jante, that's not the case with him. But again, that alone, not being an athletic freak, that's something that gets picked apart the closer you get to the draft. Happens you're, saying, to everybody. you're saying
1: basically he has kind of slippery old man game. Yeah, six uh, guy, kind of that Euro uh, style listen, that you
4: listen, love. And, listen, when he was taking three pointers last year and making like thirty four percent of them, you were getting a couple pieces of paper under his feet. He, you know, that that's all. He's not jumping out of the building. He's not a bad athlete, but he's not jumping out of the building, and right. that's why I'm saying I wonder how much. I wonder if that maybe takes some maybe teams a little bit less worried. At the same time, he's 19 years old. He's almost seven feet tall, and he's had knee tendonitis in the past. So that's that's worrisome. Every time you know we hear about how these these young kids who are seven feet tall, how if you know if they have a back or foot or a knee issue, more so back or foot knees, not as bad, but still, those are issues that if they creep up when they're young, kind of makes you worrisome for how long their career is really going to be.
1: And sometimes we forget that he is nineteen, 19. and he should be actually a freshman right. in college still yes. after reclassifying to play with Listen, his brothers. I'd brother.
4: love I'd love for him to come back, but again. If he's not going to be throwing down Tomahawk jams, you know, his junior or senior year, then I don't see a part of his game that he hasn't already showed the NBA beyond maybe being an above average rim protector as a center, which I think he's going to have to show because he's 6'11 and he's going to have to play the five. All
1: right. On that note, it's time for the end of the day.
4: The end of
1: the day. Okay, when's the end of the day? At the end of the day, it's going to be tough to tell someone they might not be in it.
4: At the end of the day, even though there's moments where you're like, oh, I, you know, I don't want to do this.
0: Uh, Hewer, real quick, Chuck answered this last hour during Five for Frank. Four Uh-oh. points on the board for the Blues this weekend. How
2: many do they get? Three. That's A what Chuck said. You guys are optimistic. And, uh, we'll take an overtime loss in Pittsburgh. Okay. Uh, okay. Who's your favorite Patrick? St. Patrick's Day this weekend. Wow, yeah. Now hold
1: on, you can go first and last. Patrick Swayze. Patrick Stewart. No, not Swayze. Danica Patrick. Patrick Patrick
0: Duffy. Patrick Mahomes. Wow, Patrick Patrick Duffy.
2: I forgot about him. (laughs) Wow, you're going back.
1: how about this? Because Bradley's in the tournament. How about the big center, Patrick O'Brien? Patrick Ewing.
0: Patrick Patrick Ewing. Ewing. There you go. That might be it. A lot of Patrick's a good question oh i'm glad i asked it are you interested at all at tiger this weekend he's still kind of in the
1: race a little bit i'm not no. only because i not a major well i like golf i'm definitely into it with the majors but i like to focus all of my attention on kind of one thing and right now i'm really into college basketball and okay. so for this weekend until the end of march madness That will be my singular focus. And then, of course, right after that, Cardinals take over. But then you have the Masters. For golf with me, just because I'm not Boku golf, I'm not really paying attention this weekend.
2: So the seven points that O'Reilly's going to get in the next two games doesn't matter to you.
1: No, that's also important. (laughs) That's
2: optimistic. But, again,
1: (laughs) don't you feel like every every sport has their time to shine? They do. March is for college basketball, and when hockey playoffs start, Right after opening day, you know, yep. opening day is going to get its day, and then it's going to be blues, 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 hopefully for a month or two as they make
2: their run. Yeah, for me, Tiger, until the Masters shows up, I'm not really all that worried. We have
0: Big 12, semifinals, Big 10, quarterfinals, Big East, semifinals, SEC quarterfinals, and the ACC quarterfinals. I'm sure the Pac-12 is playing some basketball, but no one cares. All those take place this weekend. Which tournament has your attention?
1: Well, it's funny you kind of threw shade at the at the Pac twelve at the he's end.
0: Terrible. Who cares? No.
1: Now listen, I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, but I get home late. I work at Fox Two at about eleven thirty. Okay. I usually get home at twelve, and I have to say there was nothing else on. You and I was watching, watching it. I was watching Oregon versus Utah last night, and Bill Walton okay. is worth is worth the he watch himself because he's nuts. Uh, I get he that. brought up Albert Einstein fifteen <laughs> times. Albert Einstein, like, is it Dave Pash? Dave yeah, Pash yes. would do the call, Utah with a three. And another thing about Albert Einstein, I mean, that's all he talked about See, in the I'm, second half. Okay. I'm, I'm
4: confident that Bill Walton will, like, read an article or something yes. before he goes to work, and that he just is, like, he's just so locked in that he has to talk about for that those day. subjects for that day. Whatever he
1: read in the paper yes. or a book, yes. that day, he's going to really focus on it for that game. And, again, I understand if you don't like it, but it's amazing. the game wasn't that interesting, let me tell you.
0: And he made it entertaining. Well, on though. that topic then, on the court strictly, what tournament has your eyes? And sure. are we
1: including the local teams?
4: Yeah. Well, sure. obviously uh, for
2: me, it's A-10. Because okay. of Slew, But nationally, I'm, I'm curious what happens with the SEC, with Kentucky and Tennessee. LC, yeah.
4: And LSU. And LSU. I was going to say LSU. There's another one. We haven't been talking about them a lot. They, Everyone's been saying Kentucky... Tennessee, Kentucky, Tennessee. LSU is the one seed in that tournament,
0: and would be hilarious of them handing a trophy off to not Will
1: Wade
0: after. Oh, oh yes, <laughs> after good. they good win. Good point.
4: <laughs> and I hate to
1: always bring up Bradley, even though I don't because I love it. But as I check bracketology, Bradley is solidly a 15 seed. Every bracketology has them either playing a Tennessee, an LSU, a Kentucky. You want LSU? Well, yes, obviously, you do. obviously, we'll see what happens with the SEC tournament. But don't you think a very distracted uh-huh. LSU, maybe their coach is there, maybe he's not. Nobody's focusing on basketball. Could that be the perfect recipe? All the recipe questions
0: leading up to it are non-basketball related. For a 15-2 related? upset, That's baby. the end of the day, end of the
1: week. <laughs> That's it. 12 baseball
0: show's on next. 590
1: <laughs> Baseball coming up next. 590 The Fan broadcasting live from Maggie O'Brien's downtown. They have two locations, the one we're at right now on Market Street, and then of course sunset hills we've been at that one several times as well st patty's day weekend so much going on the parade is saturday this location on market street open up at 9 a.m for st patty's day uh, on saturday and then all the festivities for st patrick's day on sunday so just so you got that parade saturday and all the festivities for the actual st patrick's day celebration going on sunday sunset hills as well they have the on-site banquet room for both locations Market Street here holds 250 people, and Sunset Hills holds 40 people there, and it's the 40th anniversary of Maggie O'Brien, so all kinds of food and drink specials coming up all year long, but especially this weekend for St. Patty's Day. Should we do a quick little tease for 590 Baseball of what's coming up?
2: We are going to talk baseball. I love it. Cardinals. Whoa. No, we will uh, have our starting five this week, which is – top five potential disappointments across the board in Major League Baseball simply because everybody wants to be positive. Let's get negative. You've got to start addressing, hey, there's some problems. Let's call Martin
1: Kilcoin because Marty loves the negative.
2: I like it. 590
1: Baseball coming up next on the Midday Grind. Uh, The Midday Grind has just ended so 590 Baseball coming up next on 590 The Fan, Fan 590TheFan.com live from Maggie O'Brien's downtown for St. Patrick's Day weekend.